okay, I feel like podcasting can come easy to people who are naturally gifted with talking, (laughs) but I am not. Welcome to Setback Stories. I'm Chelsea, your host, here today to bring you on an adventure full of lessons and stories about me, my guests, and the times we've had to move backwards before moving forwards. So, whether you're exercising, commuting to work, or have some free time, we hope you enjoy the episode. Hello, hello! Welcome back to not just any other episode, but the season one finale of Setback Stories. Today, I'm joined by my co-producer, Madison Paris, and technical producer, Kendra Tam, on a very special topic of the struggles of starting this very podcast. We figured it would not be appropriate if we weren't transparent with sharing the setbacks that we encountered in the production of Setback Stories. So we are here today to basically roast ourselves. So it should be fun and hopefully informative for whoever wants to start a podcast of their own because it is quite difficult. So Madison and Kendra, say hello. Hey, what's up? (laughs) Hi. So obviously, um, this isn't the first time the audience is meeting you two. And I was wondering where can the listeners find more about you? Well, Kendra's episode is first, so you go. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, yeah. I I forgot. What was that? The third, fifth episode? I think, yeah, it's called The Big Fish Little Pond Effect. So you can go check out, I guess, how me and Chelsea met and everything there. Yeah, mine was um, episode nine. It was originally supposed to be episode <laughs> six, but uh, editing pushed us back a little bit. Um, so yeah, my episode is about long distance and virtual relationships. And then we go and you can like find out details about how Chelsea and I met over on episode nine. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. So today we have lined up many, many setbacks we are first going to go through setbacks that we experienced or encountered in, I guess, chronological order from the very beginning of the planning stage of this podcast all the way up until, I guess, like today, considering uh, we are always experiencing setbacks and that's fine. And then we're going to move on to setbacks that we experienced individually that w- were unique to the each of us. And then we are going to bond over similar setbacks that we all that that all three of us experienced. So we figured that each of us would talk about setbacks that were near and dear to us. And with that said, I believe Madison is the first storyteller. Yeah. So I mean, the chronological setbacks that we're going to touch on are. Um, mostly in the planning like the pre-production phase I guess but I guess to do that um I'm gonna go back a little bit and just share like how this podcast came to be so this podcast was originally Chelsea's idea and she came to me one day or you came to me one day and basically just said like you you didn't really pitch it but it was something that you just kind of like floating around in your mind and you were like this would be cool to do um and this was mid like first lockdown and at the beginning of the pandemic. So I was very bored or like I was just looking for things to do and I had a lot of time on my hands. So I was like, oh my God, I want to help you do this. We could totally do this. Like, let's Wait, do this. I didn't know that I pitched it to you like at the beginning of COVID. 
Well, it was during the summer. I consider like all of 2020 summer to be like... That's true. Lockdown number one. Okay, yeah. Yeah. So it was basically just just perfect timing because all of us had um, time on our hands and we're looking for something to do. So yeah, I think it started last summer and then we finally sat down near the end of summer to start planning and like to see what this would look like um, after I brought Kendra on board. Um, And after a few meetings, the first setback we encountered was trying to sort out what content the podcast would have. Because um, the idea that, I mean, do you want to dive into what your original idea for the podcast was? Mm, Yeah, sure. At first, I wanted the podcast to be solely based on my ACL recovery journey, inspired by the lessons that I learned from, you know, trying to diagnose my knee injury Um, finding a surgeon, enduring 18 months of physiotherapy, finding community, all those lessons that I realized were so valuable when I created this Instagram recovery account at acl.rcvry. But then I realized that there's only so much that I can talk about this really common knee injury. And while I do recognize that there is a niche for it out there, I felt like my knowledge of this injury was very limited because I'm, at this point, I'm just a patient of this injury. And I felt like if I was a a healthcare professional or like a physiotherapist or like a surgeon, I could definitely speak more to it. So that's when I started to accept that maybe talking about just knees or just ACL tear was very limiting or too constricting. So I came to Madison and Kendra and asked them how I could still, I guess, keep the same intention or the same goal of this original podcast idea, but expand it to a bigger audience and still help more people. Does that sum it up? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think so. I think there was a while where we went back and forth about how we could widen the scope a little bit Mm. and we all agreed that was a good idea we just didn't know you know how wide or like how to really we were just looking for the word setback um Mm. and it took us a while to like kind of land on that because that is like the wider topic of conversation whenever we talk about like an injury or like something that we've encountered that has set us back (laughs) yeah i think we landed on setback like what really helped us was just trying to find a name because as we were brainstorming names we were thinking of like what is what ideas or topics are related to kind of um, what we want to talk about. And so when we thought of the name setback stories, we were like, this fits and encompasses like everything we are, that is like part of our goal for the podcast. So I think it was actually like the naming process that helped us like clear up what we wanted to talk about. Yeah, I agree. Um, because set, the, the title of Setback Story still allows me to talk about my ACL recovery journey, but it still allows me and other people to talk about their own individual setback stories. And do we want to go over some candidates that we brainstormed in the naming process? Why not? Some of them are really <laughs> embarrassing. Thinking, okay, From the list that we're pulling from, a lot of them were just us writing down whatever came to mind, and we weren't being serious about, like, actually considering them. I think a lot of them are just punny, and uh, they're just just for jokes. Uh, But I guess we can go through all of them. (laughs) Uh, The first candidate was, why knees suck? Then we had, let's get knee deep. And then the third one was, a recovery journey. (laughs) 
but knee was spelled like with K-N-E-E. <laughs> oh my gosh, the next one is so bad. The next one was called Need to Knows About Knees. So we were trying to play with a little <laughs> alliteration there. Um, and then we have Benched, Sidelined, and Joint Effort. And what also helped us with narrowing down to a name was that the last two were taken. So I think the third last one was too benched. Yeah. Oh, really? All the non-punny ones. The ones that we were seriously considering that are actually, you know, halfway decent uh, (laughs) (laughs) were were taken. It did take us a while to get to setback stories, though. There was a lot of us coming up with names and being like, oh, Mm -hmm. somebody else already has a podcast with this name. Yeah, I remember Kendra having to look up each of them and me being very scared of getting sued by someone else in case we <laughs> stole their name. So, in case yeah, that's definitely know, one of consider. Chelsea's biggest fears <laughs> is getting sued, just in general, like overall, no matter what she does. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Please don't sue me. Please, I'm just out here trying to help people. I'm not perfect. But anyways, I think we were the first one to claim setback stories. So if anything, we can sue other people if they take our name. Anyways, let's move on to season formatting. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's kind of just season and episode formatting um, and deciding how to make each episode of interest to the most amount of people, especially near the Mm -hmm. beginning where we were focusing on, um, sharing your setback story with your ACL tear because it was hard to kind of stagger, I guess, between focusing on that versus focusing on other setbacks um, with a guest. So we kind of just like flew by the seat of our pants for the first, I would say like four episodes. I I don't think I learned this at the time, but like if I look back on it, I think we definitely could have put more thought into how, um, how to stagger the episodes or how to make it like uh, of interest to a wider audience um, right at the beginning. Because I think the first three or four episodes versus the later half of the first season are very different. And it just shows that we were like learning and like growing as we go. Yeah. Originally uh, when we were planning out how to structure the seasons, I had proposed season one being just solely on my ACL recovery journey and all things ACL tears. And then the second one, I think moving on to like other types of setback stories, but I think we all agreed on that if we not catfish, but like um, hook people in from the ACL club community into listening to this podcast and they continued listening for season two, they'd be like, wait, what? Like, why did the content change all of a sudden? And, to be honest, I think we kind of did that in season one, like, as you said, because the first, like, three or four episodes was based on ACL, and then we slowly transitioned out of that topic, but it's okay. I think what ended up happening was um, the first two episodes, we were ch- still kind of stuck on the idea of staying true to, like, the original, your original idea that, like, for the for the podcast. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, we still wanted to yeah, stick to yeah, that. Yeah. And then we realized that that wasn't really possible as we did it, and we were like, well guess we just have to switch now (laughs) that's true yeah I think it was definitely more difficult to just stay in that niche as opposed to expand our like audience and conversations of topic 
Yeah, we were also having trouble like coming up with different episodes, like only surrounding your ACL. Because mm-hmm. I guess there's really, I guess only so much you can talk about and only so many guests who could like relate to you. Or, yeah. Or who could also speak about ACLs and stuff. Yeah, and also guests that I were co- that I would be comfortable speaking to because I remember outlining uh, bringing in like strangers or like some followers from my ACL recovery account who I'd never like obviously met in real life. And I guess that was pretty ambitious of me to think that I'd be okay with interviewing a stranger. I mean, that might happen in the near future, but I think that was a very ambitious goal for season one. So once we decided on the title of our podcast, that being Setback Stories, we were finally able to start creating the pod art and Kendra was the one who took the reins on it for the most part so Kendra why don't you start speaking about what that process was like for you yeah so we were still kind of like figuring out what the podcast was about like we had the name and all that but we were still trying to figure out content while I was making the pod art and I don't know I'm not really like an artist or anything like I don't yes you are no she's too humble so I remember having like trouble trying to like figure out what we kind of wanted in the potter to like symbolize what the podcast was about even though we still hadn't really figured out what the podcast was about because we were still deciding on the content (laughs) and this is like a lesson that I learned from uh from high school when I took a course called ComTech or like communications technology it was like a digital media course I guess and like our teacher that we had because we had to come up with like icons and like thumbnails a suggestion that he said was just like draw whatever like just put it all on the table like you'd be bad like you don't have to know how to draw but just like start just like put whatever you can on the paper and so that's kind of what I started doing and also I think I worked a bit with Madison too just like at bouncing ideas back and forth with her and then our meetings like Chelsea was also looped in well we took contact together so we had the same idea of the process of how to go about it and also hold on I want to go back (laughs) go back a step because Kendra literally took like art classes extra like outside you. of school for for years, and then when we got to ComTech and the teacher for that class told us to just like sketch and draw as much as we could to come up with ideas, I feel like you first of all you probably did it more than I did, and you also were just better at it because uh, like I'm someone who just doesn't draw, especially by <laughs> like even if I did as a kid, I just liked tracing things or like having a model to go off of so freehanding and just like coming up with ideas that was really hard for me (laughs) but yeah we definitely went about it the same way and it was mostly just (laughs) when Kendra says we work together it was like her coming up with ideas and me being like yes no like (laughs) being like "Mm, that one's okay (laughs) yeah Kendra like (laughs) Like, you were too humble. As soon as I saw the first draft of uh, of the Potter that you produced, I was like, yes. Like, like, I was, like, sold immediately. And I was like, how long did you take to make that? And you're like, 30 minutes. And I was like, huh? I thought it was. It took you, like, hours to do. But do you want to talk about, like, what it symbolizes? Sure, yeah. Is it self-explanatory? Okay, what was your um, artistic rationale behind it? <laughs> Well, the the one that we landed on, because right now it's like two people on a bleacher and like one is like comforting the other person. And we had like the bleachers in the first place because we were kind of, it was kind of like alluding to why Chelsea started the podcast in the first place, which was because of like her ACL and like her wanting to get back to playing Ultimate. 
I guess setback stories is kind of about like sharing your stories and kind of comforting other people, just knowing that you're not alone. So that's what the two people on the bench are kind of symbolizing, I guess. <laughs> oh, so wholesome. That's why I love it so much. I think it definitely gets across. I remember when we went through the like the drafts of of the bleachers and the people, mostly the bleachers, because <laughs> bleachers are actually there's a lot of lines involved, but because. The pod art is also like, like our, our logo, kind of. It has to be simple enough that right. from far away, like it can't be, you know, really complicated. So debating how many lines to put, <laughs> like how detailed they want bleachers to be, uh, that was a process <laughs> in and of itself. Yeah. Also, okay, back to the thing where Madison was like, I can freehand draw. I can't free. Like I was, I was like trying to find like a minimalistic drawing of a bleacher and that was difficult. <laughs> So I just, yeah, there was a lot of Google searches for bleachers that week. I remember another thing that me and Madison were looking at was how, like, upset that the person on the bench would be. Because because if you move the head down on, like, the upset person, the more, like, upset that the person would be. We had fun playing around with that. Yeah, I guess the last thing we did was just, like, the our brand colors like that could have easily been switched i think it just happens that at the same time we were doing the, or kendra was doing the pot art we were also discussing what our instagram feed would look like and then what colors we wanted to stick to why did we pick blue i remember asking you madison to uh draw upon your obhr uh, <laughs> yeah lectures. i think we thought we were a lot more like professional than we <laughs> like you wanted to be more professional than we needed to be so we were like okay yeah so we need to like think about color theory and <laughs> like all these things that we probably could have just been like we like this color let's just do that you know <laughs> i don't know what the the reason that we landed on was but kendra and i at the time were interested in a podcast called empty inside by Jeanette mccurdy and um her podcast colors were blue and white i think and her font was black so we were like that's cool we don't want it to yeah. be exactly the same, so it's like a slightly <laughs> different blue. <laughs> What's the hex code again? No. Oh, I think it's like B4E6FF. I just remember it now. <laughs> I am not surprised. I'm impressed, but not surprised. Although Jeanette McCurdy now changed her colors. It's now yellow. Yeah. So that means that for our next season, we're going to have to follow and do the same thing. <laughs> but yeah, that was kind of our pot art process. And then after that, we went into picking the music. At first, we were like, well, because I guess the, the only choices that we had were like royalty-free music or making up our own music. And at first, we were like, yeah, we want to be original. Like, we want ourselves to like stand out. So like, yeah, we'll do our original music. Uh, and then like five minutes into that decision, we were like, well, none of us know how to do music. <laughs> well, okay. In com tech in high school, we were forced to. And here oh, we're yeah. using Logic. Oh, yeah, yeah. But then again, that's a really expensive software that we also don't have. Yes. Um, but I remember doing that in high school and I hated it. So I don't even know why we uh, thought of doing it for this. It was like the, the most, I found it really tedious and I just, I, I, I didn't have the <laughs> imagination or the creativity for that. Yeah, we settled on picking some royalty-free music, and that was kind of a fun time. It was difficult. Well, it was no. like fun, like listening to all the songs. Oh, because <laughs> I mean, most of them were funny. Yeah, I found the one we ended up using like within five minutes. Uh, oh. It just took us a while to come back, to settle it. on it. Yeah, because <laughs> Kendra didn't like it at first, or she didn't love it, so really? she was still looking for for like for well, a while. 
Because <laughs> for that one, I still would have to cut down. Like the, the song that you chose was like three minutes long, which mm-hmm. meant I still had to cut it down uh, and like find places to like transition. Whereas if we could just find one that was already like a couple seconds long, it would have been easier. And also technically when Kendra says that none of us can music, like we can, but then the uh, <laughs> the instruments that we had access to were what what a trumpet, piano, and a ukulele. Madison has a drum set. Oh, that too. And I guess you just didn't know how to mash them up all together. None of us, no, but we play music. We don't produce or write or compose. Yes, we don't compose our own music. (laughs) We're not just going to like play. I still think we should have, we should have Madison on percussion, me on the trumpet and like Chelsea singing. (laughs) Oh gosh. No, no, no. Voice is not my instrument. You were in choir. Yeah, but I could still not sight sing for my life. I but you wouldn't need to sight sing because you would be writing it. You exactly. <laughs> I think, okay, also the no. reason that we even thought about writing our own music for the, the intro and the outro, because Lauren, who is um, kind of like our mentor at the beginning, because she's mm-hmm. Chelsea's friend who uh, has her own podcast. Yeah, she also she wrote her own little jingle at the beginning. Um, yeah. using her ukulele and we were like we could do that <laughs> yeah could until not. we were like no we can't do that it's <laughs> impressive speaking of lauren we also met with lauren like at, during the planning phase of all of this and she also shed some light on how to actually upload our episodes and like how to distribute it so kendra why don't we start talking about how we landed on a hosting site and chose a recording platform Yeah, Lauren kind of gave us like a starting place to help me, like, I guess, research on which hosting sites we wanted and and, like which recording platforms, because we obviously can't record together. We have to record like in remote locations. The first thing was I had to figure out what like even a hosting site even meant and like how we would upload it onto Spotify and like Apple Podcasts all at the same time. So it's just like doing research, just understanding what it all meant and also like trying to find a balance between a cheap option slash a free option which is what we landed on versus how many features that it give us and like what platform would allow us to grow because even if we don't need the features now it'd be nice to stay on a, like a hosting platform where we could if we wanted to evolve the podcast into something more like getting like ads in the podcast or like collaborating with other people finding a platform that would like let us do that so we like landed on red circle as our hosting platform i guess because it was free and also it had a lot of tools it, it's like relatively new but i don't know i think it's really good but obviously do your own research wait do you want to explain what red circle does oh yeah so it's like a hosting site which basically is a one-stop shop to upload your episodes and like podcast description and like episodes description your pod art so you just have to upload your stuff to red circle it will then forward it to the streaming platforms like apple Podcasts, spotify like google podcast so instead of going to apple podcast and then spotify and then google podcast and uploading it individually you can just do it all in one place there's like a bunch of different options out there you guys can research speaking of like researching though you were so great at um compiling information i guess it's like easy, like anyone could do research now because of the internet but <laughs> It was so, like, it streamlined without you. Kelsey and I would have struggled so much because you just went out there and you bought all the information and you basically just presented 
presented all the information to us in the end and we were like again it was just me sitting there being like yes no no," like you know (laughs) yeah I was pretty impressed with all the pros and cons you listed out for each of our of the options so thank you (laughs) wait did we want to talk about Zencaster oh yeah and then there's just like the recording platforms we could have used so like we could have like done something like zoom or the one that Lauren I think used was Squadcast but I think that one we need to pay yeah. But it was a lot more, like it had a lot more features and like was more professional, I guess you could say. But we landed on Zencaster because well, number one, it was free, um, but it also was able to do like basically what we needed, which was just to be able to record people and. And we didn't really run into any hiccups with Zencaster until <laughs> <laughs> the last recording we did. <laughs> yeah, which, that was a bit tricky. Yeah, we're like someone's mic would get cut off but some people in the recording session were able to still hear that person while others weren't so then people were talking to another person but the person on the other end didn't hear it but then Kendra as the technical producer could hear it and it was very confusing <laughs> and then sometimes then casting would kick us out entirely and then we have to join back in and we don't know why that happened but for the most part Zencaster has been good to us yeah, that was like only a one-time thing, I think. Like, like it just happened yeah. in our last one. And now they also have a new feature where you can have like your video up but not record it, whereas before it was like just audio. They've got like a bunch of new features that they just released, which has been pretty cool. I think the advice that I would have for someone who is looking at starting a podcast but has no idea where to start technically, if you don't have a friend like Kendra, who you know is good at all this stuff... <laughs> then I think it is doable and might take you a little bit longer to like get on your feet but talk to people because everybody has like a friend now who has a podcast you know yeah (laughs) so talk to people who have podcasts or are also thinking of starting a podcast um yeah do your research there's a lot of I mean we'll talk about resources at the end of this episode but um there's a lot of great resources out there that are like about how to start a podcast so before you even, like, if you have your concept and your idea, the next step is figure out how to do it, which is, like, personally, was I thought was the biggest hurdle. And so don't worry if it, like, it takes you time because, like, you just have to gather information first and then it'll be fine. Yeah, yeah we took, like, four months of preseason planning before we uploaded our first episode. So it's definitely a steep learning curve in the beginning, um, but it helps when you have people like Kendra and Lauren. (laughs) (laughs) So after we got all of that done, I guess we can move on to setbacks that we encountered while recording in which, okay, I feel like podcasting can come easy to people who are naturally gifted with talking, (laughs) but I am not. So I definitely had to figure out how I could prepare for the episodes as host and so we obviously had to figure out a way to do like a prep call and that was very difficult because I feel like we tried many different methods we tried an episode without any prep Um, we've tried an episode where we literally (laughs) prepped everything to a T and then we tried another episode I think it was with Madison where we did prep, but individually without, well, we were, we weren't supposed to look at the other person's prep so that we wouldn't know what was coming ahead. 
And Maz is laughing because I violated that rule by <laughs> looking at her individual prep. Um, yeah, the great thing about Google Docs is that I can see if Chelsea was cheating. <laughs> and I was like, okay, wait, you're looking at my prep? I'm going to look at your prep. I wasn't in the episode, so I was looking at both of like your individual preps yeah. to prompt you in case like you forgot about something. And then I saw that Chelsea was looking at Madison's. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I admit I've sinned, um, and I'm sorry. <laughs> but honestly, I think our episode turned out pretty okay in terms of like balancing the preparation and the organic vibes. But also, I think it was probably mediated by the fact that we're just really close friends, and that mm-hmm. contributed to I don't know it sounding like us just having a phone call, pretty much. Mm-hmm. I was just going to add that we did have another successful episode pretty early on, but that was because we did a prep call where we prepped to a T, but then we had like scheduling conflicts, so we couldn't record with that guest for a long time, like multiple weeks. So by the time we had actually we sat down to record the episode, it was still organic because what we had prepped had time to like settle, and um, we hadn't thought about it in a while, which made for like original thoughts in the episode rather than just repeating what we had prepped but obviously we can't do that with every episode because that would just it, it would take a lot of pre-planning to be like okay yeah let's do a prep call like a month beforehand and a lot of the times with guests we'll be like hey are you free like next week you know <laughs> yeah exactly the times where um no prep wait did we actually try out no prep no no i think oh, you lying. at least did some work oh yeah sorry i lied again <laughs> or maybe I was referring to the recording sessions with the health professionals. So when it came to interviewing Dr. Charlotte Anderson and Angie Holstein, we we did those recording sessions without ever meeting up initially, but we had maintained some form of communication back and forth mm-hmm. of like me sending out interview questions and me prefacing that uh, there should be room in the recording session for like anecdotes or like follow-up questions. And the reason behind that was because I we recognize that they're working full-time professionals and I wanted to be very respectful of their time. So I figured that a prep call isn't that needed when it comes to interviewing professionals because at the end of the day, they're the ones who are bringing most of the juice to the episode. So, so far that's been working, which is great. But honestly, like I think to this day, we're still figuring out how to do the prep call. Well, yeah, also with professionals, we went more with the Q&A format. So that's easier to prep for because it's just Q&A. Like you have the Qs and they have the As. (laughs) (laughs) But when when you're trying to prep an organic conversation, like it's so much harder than you would think because it's like, how do you, with the conversation, normally it just, you don't plan it. (laughs) It just happens. A lot of times (laughs) now, like we'll... The three of us will have good conversations. We'll be like, oh, crap, you should have recorded this. This could have been an episode. <laughs> Literally, yeah. Yeah. And in hindsight, I remember in the prep calls I've had, I would be very explicit uh, towards my guests to reserve all the juicy details for the record for the day of. And <laughs> we would also, yeah, I would be like, if I caught them like spilling too much tea, I'd be like, eh, eh, too much tea. Please, please save them for the actual date. Um, and we would also, try to aim for the prep call to only be like 30 minutes or as short as possible. 
Yeah, so like that's what we settled on. It took us a while to figure out that that was a rule we needed because originally we're like, no, like we can prep, um, you know, as much as we want. It'll make it better. And uh, mm-hmm. there's definitely a uh, a peak <laughs> where it drops off and it does not help your your episode anymore. Um, so yeah, only prepping as much as you need in order to keep the good parts of the conversation <laughs> uh, to be recorded. Yeah. Honestly, I wonder how much easier it could be if the recording sessions were done in person or how more organic they would come off if we weren't recording virtually. And obviously when you take away like that, the visual aspect, you can't really see cues of like, you can't see their facial expressions. You can't see them nodding and acknowledging what you say. That was mainly because of, you know, my screen intolerance towards the beginning of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, there's that aspect. Um, I just wanted to add on that. Also, we haven't done this that much, but it was even harder with more than two people when you don't have video. Like a, a three or four way conversation oh, with, with just audio is the, like, I, when I encountered that situation, I tend to not speak as much because like, I don't want to cut someone off or like, I don't know. I don't know when to expect other people to talk. And then, it, yeah, I can just end up in a lot of awkwardness or like dead air. Or just talking over each other and using that as a blooper. Yeah. <laughs> also now now that we because Zencaster now has a feature where we can have video um whereas mm. before we didn't but uh i've also noticed whenever we have video chelsea doesn't do her uh minimal encouragers as much like her <laughs> like her mm-hmm, mm-hmm, because she could just like nod instead of like audibly trying to show the okay, guests well, that she's listening to be honest I- <laughs> okay i know which episode you're recording to you're referring to episode 11 with cal we're gonna talk about my minimal encouragers or excessive use of them being a setback later on but the reason why i didn't use as many minimal encouragers during cal's episode was because i noticed madison not using any of them so i didn't want all the minimal encouragers to be coming from me so i just did a lot of nodding but yeah (laughs) yes you're right in that because they could see me nodding i felt like i didn't have to do the minimal encouragers as much so well then again the format was different with Holstein's it was Q&A so when someone is giving you an answer I think it makes more sense to uh have minimal encouragers a little bit mm-hmm. <laughs> whereas with Cal's it was more of a legitimate like storytelling experience so right. when you're listening to a story you typically don't go mm-hmm, yes that's the story yep that's <laughs> <laughs> true okay you speak great truths madison i was gonna say you speak facts but i i wanted something else different. i speak great okay. truths that is now my <laughs> okay um what is the next setback oh recording. actually recording the very first episode i don't even know what to say Okay, so the very first episode was a solo episode, and it was me just being very vulnerable and deep about, you know, diagnosing, well, what was once an ambiguous knee injury, and what it took me to start playing Ultimate again. And I told Madison and Kendra that I didn't want to record in front of them, but for good reason, they... they convinced me to uh, do the recording anyways in front of them. And so I did. And it was the worst decision I've ever agreed to. I literally get secondhand embarrassment. Or is it firsthand embarrassment? Thinking about like, that? The one experiencing the embarrassment. <laughs> okay, firsthand embarrassment. Every time I think about the recording. And I think every time... 
I think we had a bad recording. Kendra always says, no, 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 we've always had, we've had worse recordings before. And I know she's definitely <laughs> referring to episode one. No, I'm but... referring to our episode. <laughs> sure. We'll get back. Sure. We'll, we'll, we'll talk That's about That's the next setback. Later. Yeah. <laughs> but pretty much I recorded episode one with Madison and Kendra and I was clapping. I kid you not, like every two minutes. Okay. And clapping. So every time I mess, every time we mess up, um, we clap into the microphone before we repeat what we want to say so that there's a spike in the waveform so it's easier for Kendra to edit visually. And I was clapping like every two minutes. <laughs> and I- I'm pretty sure my voice was shaky the whole time too. Yeah. Yeah. I think that just highlights my uh, my lack of confidence in public speaking. And it's honestly, not even I think. Public. We're literally like, we've been friends for so many years. And you can't like, read a script in front of us. <laughs> it's written down. You're just reading it. Oh, okay. Okay. I know. Okay. This is what I mean. Okay. I said it before. I suck at talking. So I don't even know why I'm a host. But, anyways, I told Madison and Kendra that I. I had to record it alone and so I did and I continue to do that for the second solo episode and I'll probably continue to do that for the next solo episode I think the reason why I was nervous was just because of how I guess intimate I was getting but also the fact that it was the very very first recording that I was doing for this project and I guess it's because it also signified like the start of or my commitment to actually taking on this role as host which is very intimidating for me as someone who doesn't like speaking in front of people, even if they're your best friends. <laughs> so, by the way, me and Madison were just pressuring Chelsea into speaking because we wanted her to speak. We were trying to help her because okay, she, we I, know I she was that. nervous. No, we, just, we just wanted to be mean. <laughs> we were like, "You're uncomfortable. <laughs> Let's do this." <laughs> because she was getting nervous about recording with mm-hmm. guests, so we were like, "Let's try out this recording platform." Because this was also our first time like using Zencaster, so we we're mm-hmm. like, "Let's try out this recording platform." And then you can also like practice telling your story, I guess, just yeah. like to us without having guests. And that would probably kind of de-stress you. But I guess that didn't really work. Well, <laughs> it was also like for logical, like you mentioned this a little bit, but for logical reasons, like we wanted to try out all this new software we were using for the podcast we would have to get comfortable with later on. So it just made more sense to practice without an actual guest there. <laughs> and uh, get comfortable with it before we had to actually talk to other people who weren't like part of our team. Yes. Well, despite Kendra and Madison's uh, very good intentions and reasonings behind uh, being present while recording my very first solo episode, uh, I guess it didn't help me <laughs> become any better as a host when I came to the first recording with a guest which was with Kendra <laughs> and I'm laughing just because it took us six hours to record that episode which ended up only being one hour but honestly it was spanned over two days because we gave up on the first day after four hours of recording <laughs> see what I mean but to be honest I think the reason why we had so much trouble trouble was because this was one of the episodes where we prepped to a T like we over prepped and we prepped to the point where we were basically kind of like reading a script or we were kind of like reading verbatim. Would you agree? Yeah. That first four hour recording we had on the first day, we like only got through the introductions, like how we met. <laughs> and that was it. 
which is oh like ended up God. being like the first like what 10 minutes of the actual episode oh uh, wow but we're, yeah we were <laughs> well I guess because I'm really socially awkward I am too and don't like talking and so then we were just like writing a script for ourselves <laughs> trying to make it organic conversation <laughs> yeah I was like, I don't, uh. which is like maybe if we were better actors we'd be able to like work with the script and still make it sound natural even if it wasn't uh but because we're not <laughs> it just sounds really scripted <laughs> and it just sounds like <laughs> you wrote a conversation and then you're just reading it this is why i never took drama we're also laughing the whole time because you were like this is ridiculous literally we would be yeah. clapping again every maybe like five minutes and asking madison to help us transition to the next topic of conversation so Okay, yeah, Madison was basically writing the <laughs> yeah. script for us. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Madison. Also, because um, this was Kendra's episode, so typically when we record an episode, Kendra is in the back taking notes just about, like, who said, like, uh, that'll help her with editing after we record. But I was taking that role that day because Kendra was talking. Um, and the notes were, <laughs> I was like, I don't even know what to write because we're pausing every two seconds. So it would just be a lot of like question marks, a lot of like, like we paused here. And like, like, don't include this. <laughs> like edit this out. Kendra, how was the editing process like for that episode? I basically just scrapped the first four hours, <laughs> like the first day of recording that we tried to do. Smart. And then just did the, like the, on the next day when we did the two hours. It was definitely interesting. And I was also still trying to like figure out editing flow because right. I had recorded one episode before that, which was like just Chelsea's like solo episode, but there's only one person talking there. And now there was also me talking. So sometimes there's like background noises or stuff like that I had to cut out or again, like with all the, the stopping that we had to do, like trying to figure out like what was actually part of the conversation and what was not actually supposed to be included. But that was just because we were still trying to figure out how we wanted to record everything. But the editing process definitely got a lot smoother and quicker. Because also, Chelsea got better at hosting as well. Mm, that's the best compliment. <laughs> and so there's like not as much like starting and stopping with like other guests and stuff. And also just like knowing <laughs> what insecurities Chelsea has and editing to to her like needs, I guess, <laughs> or like to to combat those insecurities that way there's like less drafts as well that we go through <laughs> wait are you just talking about all my ums and stuffs and word fillers and minimal yeah. characters thank you <laughs> i think that but also you'll notice things that when you're listening to a podcast like a right. listener wouldn't pick up on it it's like the background noises maybe or like you know things that make you insecure about like what you mm -hmm. said or how you said it that wouldn't be noticed by anyone <laughs> other than you and you would still yeah. have them cut out. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Well, honestly, like you reminding me, both of you reminding me that to the average listener, they probably wouldn't even recognize those ums or like stuffs or likes or minimal encouragers really helped me <laughs> not tell Kendra to splice all of them out. Because I felt really bad for <laughs> Kendra every time she had to splice them out, um, especially with Angie Angie's episode. Oof. <laughs> That made it to the blooper. That was the best blooper ever. Oh, yeah. Listen to the end of the episodes, people. <laughs> we can tell how long you've listened to the episodes. Almost none of you listen all the way to the end. Listen That's to the, the best bloopers. Part. Please. Bloopers are the best part. <laughs>
I think Kendra, maybe you talk a little bit more about how um, now that we've done a whole season, like how you go about the editing process. Yeah. Well, now with, um, I guess we've kind of also during our recordings and like with the footnotes that I kind of write during the recordings, like Madison talked about earlier, mm-hmm. um, I've kind of gotten into a flow of what I should look out for and like how to keep notes, I guess, or like what kind of notes that would be important when I was editing. So just the, the claps that like Chelsea talked about, noticing things in the background just to like keep an eye out for that. So usually when I edit, I kind of go through those footnotes. So if there's like some long tangent in between that we needed to cut out, I could just really quickly look at the timestamp and then cut that chunk out. So that's kind of what I do first is just kind of look at the Zencaster comments and then cut out what like the comments already made, told me to cut out. And then afterwards I go back to the beginning, listen to the whole episode and just take out what I need or anything that I missed in the comments or like, again, tailoring the edit to hide Chelsea's insecurities. Um, I was going to ask about uh, what softwares you use because I know that we don't go about it the conventional <laughs> way. Like we don't use the proper software. <laughs> yeah, so I use Premiere just because I, I have it, um, which is supposed to be a video editing software. The proper, I guess, Adobe software I should be using would be Audition, but I don't want to go through that hassle of also downloading that. And I, I don't have a Mac either, so I can't just use GarageBand, which would be a lot easier because that's also just like a free, easy thing to use. So I've been using Premiere, but we also discussed, or like with Chelsea and Madison, if they wanted to try editing as well, or if something were to happen with me or like with school or work, somebody would be able to, I guess, tap in. And so then I looked into another like free audit- editing software that we could all use, which was called Audacity. But... <laughs> I had gotten so used to editing with Premiere and like all the shortcuts of it that then going to Audacity, I just did not like, <laughs> which it is a very popular software that podcasters use. I just, I had been so used to all the features that come with Premiere that going to something like Audacity mm-hmm. was just, it was like a step down and I just didn't like it. <laughs> I also just, cause I, I was supposed to edit an episode that um, I didn't end <laughs> up welcome. editing. Chelsea ended up editing it and using GarageBand. Um, but I took a look at Audacity, uh, and it just wasn't user friendly. Like I didn't like that it wasn't logical. Like I would have had to learn how to use it first before using it. Whereas, I guess everybody's used GarageBand at least a little bit. But it's a lot more. Um, it's a lot easier to figure out if you haven't used it before, just because it's like <laughs> everything just makes sense. Yeah, I just I personally didn't. As a new user, I didn't uh, like Audacity. I'm sure it's fine because so many people use it. Like once you get used to it and you go past the learning curve. Okay, so I think that was a pretty good overview of the setbacks that we all encountered chronologically. So now on to the more individual setbacks that we each encountered more uniquely. I guess I'll go first in that I was really hesitant about starting this podcast to begin with. Actually, I didn't want to start it at all because I experienced a concussion over the summer and with that I had really sensitive screen intolerance in that every time I looked at a screen I would get a headache and honestly these headaches didn't really stop they're not completely long completely gone gone by the way but they didn't really settle down until like a few months ago but I was very very fortunate to have these two lovely humans in front of me to help me still produces podcasts despite my screen intolerance. So 
the biggest setback for me back in September when we really started to plan everything together was limiting my screen time while still trying to brainstorm as much as I could. And that looked like a lot of brainstorming on paper. I literally had to handwrite everything and take a picture of it and get Madison to upload and transcribe them. I had to obviously turn my camera off during meetings and just listen to Kendra and Madison's voices. And I would have to print out meeting agendas. And the lesson from the setback is that I want to say that maybe my concussion was never really the setback, but rather the fact that our society is kind of set up in a way in that there are lots of barriers that people living with concussions have to deal with. So, yeah, all I have to say is that accessibility is a real issue, but it can be increased through the support of lovely friends. So that just goes to show how much I am grateful for the both of you, Madison and Kendra, for being my eyes in the early days of this podcast and my concussion recovery. Yeah, and just building on that, you mentioned like, yeah, obviously people who like have concussions have to deal with this, but there are people who like long-term cannot have like a screen intolerance for some reason. Um, Like whether it's like a medical condition that's like chronic or Mm -hmm. we have a friend who has like mobility issues sometimes with her fingers. So it's hard to type. And it's just like when everything's online, that it becomes an issue. Yeah. It just made me think of that (laughs) when you were talking about it. Uh, That's really not that relevant, but. Oh, no, no, absolutely. Um, Thank you for bringing that up, Madison. I definitely think it's good to acknowledge that there are people who have more chronic conditions that unfortunately forces them to encounter inaccessible issues. And if anything, I want to be more of an ally to folks of all abilities now. Another setback that I still am experiencing to this moment is excessively caring about what other people think. Oh my gosh, I think everyone can agree that they hate their own voice. And uh, the only reason I got over listening to my own voice like during rounds of editing was this ASAP Science video that I think Kendra forwarded to me, right? Yeah, it was like an Instagram like reel or something. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you remember the science behind it? It was like something about the the way that you listen to your own voice when you're talking is different than how other people process your voice or something like that. Yes, that. So knowing the fact that the way I hear my own voice recorded, wait, 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 doesn't that just mean I sound worse to everyone, but they just don't know how better I can sound because they're not me <laughs> listening to my own voice? No, no, no it's, just- you're used to hearing your mm-hmm. voice sound a certain way. Because you're always listening to your own voice from your own head. So when you hear Whereas, recorded, it sounds dis- distorted to you because it's it's not what you think you sound like. Yeah, it's like slightly off, but it's not it's, like you don't sound like a completely different person. But there's like something slightly off that makes you uncomfortable. Yes, thank you for that recap on ASAP Science. It's good to know that I am not alone in feeling that discomfort. What else do I think other people care about me when they really don't? Um... Oh, yes. Uh, earlier in the episode, we talked about filler words or upspeak and minimal encouragers. I want to clarify that minimal encouragers is a term that one of my supervisors used during my time as, as a volunteer at the UBC Wellness Center, in which when we're in a conversation with a peer or a student, 
it's good to acknowledge whatever they say via like, mm-hmm, yeah, and like nodding. I didn't really beat myself up over this until episode 10 when Madison and Kendra really pointed out how much I was doing it. Um, but I, I think I've come to terms as to why I was doing it way too much in that there wasn't any video. We're not recording in person, so I could not. Like, well, it was just for that particular no. recording session, which is why we pointed it out. Like normally when you do it, it's a normal amount. It was just happened that that, that day it, it seemed a little bit more than usual if you were like, that's, <laughs> that's well, not normal. Usually I do, I do edit down those minimal encouragers in our edits uh it was just in episode 10 it was it was a lot more than usual (laughs) i wonder if it's because it 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 had been a while since i last recorded because i think the last recording before the episode with angie was ishies episode yeah and that was in february i think or march early march so to bring myself peace i actually came across this YouTube video by Ted Ed explaining why people end up using filler words. So, sorry, I'm not talking about minimal encouragers at this point. I'm just talking about filler words like um, like, and stuff, uh, all those good, good things. And the reason behind it is because they just represent you thinking out loud before speaking. And I guess that's a good thing because I don't know what else I... I, I would be very scared as to what I would say without thinking. So it's a good thing. And also going back to the conversation earlier today, Madison mentioned that when people are listening to a podcast, they're usually doing something else, whether they're cleaning their room, going for a walk, and people don't really notice filler words if they're multitasking. And I actually try to... Like, obviously, I love listening to podcasts, and I one time I tried to actively look out for filler words, and there were a lot more filler words in these podcasts that I've been watching, that I've been listening to for, like, months on end that I didn't notice until I actively searched for them. So I think that brings me comfort knowing that unless you're actively looking for them, they basically don't exist. But anyways, yeah, thanks, Kendra, for editing all of them out. I wanted to add something about, like, noticing filler words because growing up, even just my family, mostly my mom, but um, people all around me and especially at school, we were taught to not use filler words. And whenever we were preparing for, like, presentations, they would tell us we would get, like, graded down for using like and so and um and, like, whenever... Basically, whenever we had to talk, we were always reminded, don't do this. Like, this is the one of the things, one of the things yes. you don't want to do. And so, like, even at home and I'm talking, having, like, casual conversations with my siblings and whatever, my mom growing up would be like, would pause me and be like, can you repeat that without the filler word? Or, like, can you repeat that without oh. upspeak? Because that was something that I struggled with, too, or that I used to do. Because she wanted you to get a better grade in school? Well, yeah, it's just, it's because of the school system, mostly. But when people hear filler words or they hear certain tones in your, like, upspeak for example or certain things they it it's like bad and so now I have to like I I still cringe when I hear myself using words like like or so a lot and so I'll still actively try to like not do it but I guess it's been so long now that I kind of do it naturally I guess and that you don't you no longer well you let you give less of a 
an F. I care less, but I also, it probably worked that I was taught to not do it as much. So I probably, I don't do it as much. Yeah, especially since you just finished your a business communications course, right? That was all about public speaking. <laughs> oh my god, mm-hmm. I keep I listen to Madison talk about this course and I just can't. I just no. I no. I would drop it. <laughs> yeah, it's basically how to talk. But that's kind of also what business school in general is. Like it doesn't like that was the course of how to do it, but the what we're taught overall, I think the biggest thing to take away is to how to talk to people. Yeah, that's fair. It's all about gaining those connections. But yeah, I agree. It's disgusting. I also had to take a (laughs) business communications course uh, in second year when I was part of this business program that I dropped out of. (laughs) And the only way I avoided upspeak or filler words was by memorizing my speeches, which kind of sucks because like if I were to ever like like right now, I'm never going to actually write out my scripts or like what I'm going to say on a podcast word for word but I only did that because I was scared of getting docked for upspeak or filler words Mm -hmm. so I wonder if there's a better way to work on not practicing those hiccups okay another setback that I have struggled with throughout this podcast is not knowing who to talk to during episodes with a guest and that I switch back and forth between talking to the audience versus talking to the guest and I guess the reason why I like talking to the audience is because I am very hyper aware that other people are going to listen to it I always keep that in the back of my mind and that's probably why I'm so uh, I excessively care about what other people think because I'm always like okay what are what are the listeners going to think about this Um, but then I uh, I think the lack of consistency um, is what irks honestly it didn't irk me in the beginning it really irked Kendra and Madison they uh <laughs> they <laughs> they said that I uh I host like Dora um uh and if you would like to if you two would like to roast me now here is your thought please um wait yeah so before we go back to the like the kids show Dora reference uh I understand why it's a struggle like it's not. It's easy to be confused about what or who you're speaking to throughout the episode because at the beginning, when like in the intro, when you're introducing the guests and all that, you're talking to the audience because it's just you and you're telling the listeners who's going to be on the episode and what it's about. But then as soon as the guest comes on, it's supposed to be a one-on-one conversation. So then I think because you started in the mindset of like, oh, I'm talking to the listener, it's hard to completely turn that off and switch like switch gears completely. And so you would try to do both at once. <laughs> and that's when it would start to sound like when you were addressing the the listeners while talking to the, the guest, <laughs> it would start to sound like um, Dora was the example we used, but it, it's kind of like any kid's <laughs> show where they would try to involve the audience and be ask a question and, kind of, and there'd be like silence, you know, <laughs> for the kids to be like, to think to themselves or like answer out loud. <laughs> So when Ken and I started noticing that, it was like, oh, this is a little bit weird. (laughs) Dora was my favorite childhood show. So maybe I'm just trying to embrace my inner Dora. Okay. But yeah, honestly, I don't, to this day, I, I haven't really fixed it or cared enough to fix it. 
I think it's gotten better. Like it, we, me and Madison don't like uh, call you out on it as much as the beginning. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. That is a sign of progress. Yay. Or maybe we just don't care enough anymore because we're used to you doing it. <laughs> That's also a possibility. <laughs> or maybe we're just done with this season. <laughs> At listeners, let us know. Maybe they just didn't realize this whole time and now they're going to be... Now everyone's going to oh. go back and listen to it and be like, oh! <laughs> uh, no, I think whatever. most of it was, was uh, fixed in editing because it did bother me quite a bit at the beginning. Yeah, I, I probably tried to cut around it. Okay. Time to roast Madison now. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, most of my, my, in, my setbacks were... Um, I think more so at the beginning when we were still figuring out how to do this podcast. The first one was like, okay, I love organizational tax, tasks. Uh, so one of the things I had to learn <laughs> throughout the season was to like calm down. <laughs> like not everything has to be super professional. And uh, what's the right way to describe this? Like it has to be very formal I think it'd be, yeah, because, well, first of all, we're just like students trying to figure this out as we go. So it doesn't have to be like perfect. And also that doesn't work for everyone, like being super bureaucratic and formal, like sometimes that's off-putting to people. So yeah, that was the, that was mostly at the beginning when we were setting up like our email and stuff. I got really excited. I was like, oh my God, (laughs) I gotta make new spreadsheets. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so that probably, that kind of, sorted itself out uh by the time we got on the roll with things and plus that that when we started I wasn't I wasn't in any classes yet like school hasn't started yet so I uh, I was focused on this and when I had other stuff to do I could focus on I could I had to choose what to do and that wasn't worth it in the end um and then the other thing I had to learn along the way was to compromise <laughs> with both of you <laughs> about social media posts and how to like conduct ourselves online I think most of it comes from like I'm a marketing student and I studied a little bit at least so far social media marketing and just like how to best promote things online um and I guess it's also just kind of natural for most people in our generation to naturally just share everything we do on social media and because both of you are, I mean, I'm not even the most comfortable with it, but I know both of you are fairly uncomfortable with being very public. I had to you know, remind myself that not everyone is comfortable with having all of their business out in, out in the internet. Uh, so yeah, balancing with what everybody, everybody's comfort levels are. Thank you. Yeah, Madison really had <laughs> was really trying to push us to post the pod on our social medias, which Chelsea did I end did. up doing. I I did not, <laughs> but I'm not the host. I just do the behind the scenes work. Like logically, excuses, I know excuses. <laughs> logically, I know that in order to get our podcast out there, we need to like market ourselves, like from our own accounts. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just don't like doing that. <laughs> also, okay, it was also because my episode came out pretty early on. Mm-hmm. And so I just didn't want people to listen to my voice because that, yeah. <laughs> I mean, with anything, when we were making decisions, I think it's 
nice that we were a three-person team because democracy <laughs> we could always like put it down to the majority vote and so if I was like let's put this on Instagram and then both of you didn't want to I'd be like okay fine <laughs> that's fine <laughs> can we talk about like our comfort discomfort with promoting our own work yeah okay uh well I guess it goes back to the fact that I care about what other people think like mm-hmm. I I like when I think about podcasters I think that they are very well spoken and that they don't hesitate as much as I do with all my filler words and upspeak and claps that all have to be edited out and yeah I guess I just I don't know why but I like I know it's weird because I know that this is a new platform a new role that I am embarking on and literally our brand is all about setback stories but it scares me to think that maybe other people might have that same expectation for me. Like I was talking to Lauren about how it's scary to promote our own work because it means that I think there's an implication that you agree that you have something valuable to say and you don't know if other people will deem that as valuable. I don't know if I'm making any sense. This mm-hmm. is, oh, I'm getting scared now. Uh-oh. No, I get it. I get it. I also think with social media because we're not public figures so most of the people that we're connected to on social media are people that we know and that's scarier than just putting it out there for people who we who don't know us so oh my gosh yes judgment from people who know us is always scarier than judgment from like strangers okay yes thank you and that reminds me i was like more than happy to promote my this podcast on my acl recovery account because literally that was like only strangers well for the most part strangers follow me mm-hmm. on there but I, I like refused to promote it on my personal account until like maybe two or three months after we had aired the first episode because mm-hmm. of what Madison just said I think also for me though like I was fine promoting my episode on my personal Instagram because even though like I am still insecure about like being really public about my own work and like judgment and all that most of my the people I'm connected to on Instagram are people from high school and it's been a while now so they feel like strangers more so than like mm-hmm. I'm not seeing them every day at school like if we're doing this in high school that'd be a completely different deal um right. but it's been a few years now so they're basically the same as strangers <laughs> at this point <laughs> at least the people who That's I don't okay. keep in touch with which is the majority of people <laughs> um so I think that's why I was a little bit more comfortable. Whereas you have a lot of people who are not um, from high school within your like social media network. Yeah. But also like, it's not like I'm close to every person on my followers list. Like, like you, I think the majority of my followers I've lost out of contact with. So I don't know why I care so much. Mm. This definitely has to be another episode. Like, Oh, we were literally talking about this at the end of Lauren's episode, like after we finished recording and that the world, what was it? The world doesn't revolve around us, even though we have the tendency to think that it does. Mm-hmm. But okay. I think honestly, I think I just had to fix that through lots of psychotherapy. It'll be fun. <laughs> It'll be fun. Yeah. It'll be great. Speaking of things that we don't like, <laughs> uh, let's talk about editing. <laughs> Angela, this is your, your uh domain <laughs> so <laughs> so yeah with editing a lot of the times I'm like 
more critical about the edits than Madison and Chelsea are sometimes, like with background noises or like, I don't know, just like small things that I guess I noticed probably because I've listened to it 10 times trying to do the edit, especially in the first draft. I think like if Chelsea and like the guests went on like tangents or something like that, trying to like stitch it together and then having to like crop things in awkward places. And sometimes I would like hear inflections that didn't make it sound organic, or at least I thought didn't make it sound organic. But then I guess that was just because I knew there was like a cut there or like I knew there was, whereas like for Mass and Chelsea or like even the regular listener, like you wouldn't notice it. So it was just like trying not to get so hung up on those things and also like asking for a second opinion. Because again, like I, when I'm editing, I'm like listening to, to it a lot. Well, honestly, I really appreciate your eye for detail. And I, I really love the collaborative pro- approach we've taken during the editing process and that when we're we're listening to the rounds of editing. If I'm unsure about something, I ask either of you two to take a listen to it because maybe I'm seeing something that you two don't and maybe it's just insignificant. And I think that works. That's been working well for us. So thank you for being very detail oriented. Honestly, it's it's a good thing, to be honest, uh, unless it like comes at the expense of your sanity and time, <laughs> which I know is very limited well the latter is limited hopefully the former isn't limited with the editing okay so i like listening to things on times two like youtube videos and stuff on times two uh because there's like a lot of content i want to watch and if i put it on times two i can like listen to it in double the amount of time like doubly the amount of content in the same amount of time and can we so- all take a moment to silently roast Kendra for watching ev- watching and listening to everything on times two and not appreciating the artistry that goes into like making content. <laughs> I don't like watch like TV shows on times two. Or, it's usually just like YouTube videos or even podcasts. I put them on times two. Okay, well because I like listen to everything on times two, I like expect everything to be faster. And so when I was editing, I'd a lot of the time at the beginning like try to cut every single break that there was in speech because I'd like try to make like the person speak faster <laughs> I don't even think you two realized it but it was something that I realized no. that I was doing and I was like okay maybe I should stop because it's also a lot more work to like keep going in every time to like cut out the breaks even like <laughs> I don't know why I just hate pauses in speech <laughs> but yeah does that mean it was very painful for you to edit on one time speed. Well, I guess you can't edit. Can you edit on two times speed? I don't because I want to be able to hear everything properly. Because like right. sometimes when you do put it on times two, you do like miss a little things. Or, like the small things exactly. that I mentioned earlier yeah. where it's like I would notice. But maybe none of you two would notice. <laughs> I'm just imagining Ken going and having a in-person conversation and being like, why are you pausing so much? Like, why is it so slow? You're speaking so slow. <laughs> Can I put this conversation on time two? I do sometimes think that in like real life. <laughs> sometimes people do talk too slow and I'm just like, please speak faster. Now everybody who's listening to this and talks to you in real life is going to go, does Ken talk to me and think I talk slowly? I usually like in conversation with people, I won't be like, can you please speak faster? But it's like, in like if somebody's like giving like a talk or like a long lecture or something, sometimes mm. I am like, please speak faster. <laughs> Well, I think that's normal. I think going to a lecture and not 
vibing with the professor's style of teaching or like how they talk and stuff. That's normal. Any other setbacks, Kendra? Um, Kendra has no setbacks is what we're learning as we talk. We're like, okay, so where did we struggle during this process of making a podcast? And Chelsea and I were like listing things off. Kendra's like, what? That is so accurate. Because Kendra well, figures was... things out. <laughs> I guess it wasn't just with the editing too. It was also like some, like even with the pot art when like Matt, Madison, I think we discussed it at the beating with like the bleachers and like all the lines mm-hmm. and like the spacing between things too. Like I was kind of over critical about yeah i think that didn't matter in the end or like to normal people if we've labeled (laughs) if we labeled like the common theme between everything you're saying it's basically like perfectionism it's just throwing me back to um layouting for the school newspaper and then just (laughs) making sure like all because we like the the teacher like supervisor i guess at the time he had like a really good eye for detail and so he always, like, noticed when, like, margins were different and stuff like that. And so that, like, trained me to, like, really look at that stuff or, like, pay attention to those details. Yeah. I guess to the average person, usually it's, like, not that big of a deal. Just, like, tweaking, like, really small, almost insignificant things that sometimes is just not worth the time. I think this is a good segue into talking about our collective setback of, um, balancing workload because a lot of that has to do with like control and what you choose to put your time and effort into like I kind of mentioned before um when we started this podcast was in the summer so I mean Kendra was working I guess I was working too but okay I was working basically like a night I wasn't working in the summer oh you were in school okay so Kendra was in school (laughs) yeah I was not and neither was Chelsea I was working an internship last summer but I don't really like it was a nine to five so it was it's different from school where it can be like ongoing forever. You know, you can like spend as much time as you want on certain papers or projects and there's always the next thing to do. Whereas because I was working a remote office job, it was just like, I work certain hours and then after like five or 6 PM, I'm like done with work. So I felt like I had a lot more free time than when I started school in September. So we, when we transitioned and started classes in the fall, I had a lot more things going on. So I was taking five courses plus doing this, plus I was TAing, plus I was volunteering. And I actually ended up dropping a few things after first term um, to lighten my workload with everything in second term because I realized I was stretching myself a little bit too thin. And it's so easy to take on remote jobs because you're just like, yeah, you know, I have time to do that because I'm at my laptop all the time. Yeah, I had to learn that just because something is remote doesn't mean you can do more things. It doesn't mean you have more hours in the day. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I definitely probably took too much on in the fall and then adjusted as I learned that I shouldn't do that. <laughs> I'm glad you did. Kendra, did you face a similar sentiment? Because you were, oh no, you were working. So in September, December, like September was when I guess we started on the podcast and everything. And so from September to December, I was working um, because I'm a co-op. And so I kind of had a bit more free time, I guess you could say, because like I didn't have homework, I guess. But I was also taking a course on the side so that I had to balance kind of a lot of things. But I don't know. I always find it nice having extracurriculars which I guess this would count as an extracurricular or like hobbies and stuff because like I'm in engineering and so a lot of things I do is very I guess like technical or like or math and sciencey based so it's nice to have something else to like work on even just like doing like the potter or like something I guess more like creative like using that other side of my brain Mm -hmm. gets really nice 
So I don't know. Also, like in high school, like I did a lot of extracurriculars and that was kind of mm-hmm. a big part of who I was, I guess, like being able to do a bunch of different things and not just doing only like technical things, which like isn't for everybody. But like for me, that's important. So I did make sure to like prioritize time for the podcast, I guess, like every week, like doing the edits and stuff, because it was like something different from something so technical from like school or from work. Yeah, I totally feel that with um, with something I was going to say before was that it's so telling that uh, both of us agree that working full time is less work than being in school full time. <laughs> we were both like, yeah, we were working like full time, like internships or co-op. But I felt a lot more like I had a lot more free time on my hands than when we're in a school term. <laughs> but yeah, definitely when you're talking about a change from what the main thing you're studying is. So like I'm in uh, business school. So a lo- the most, most, most of my courses and most of what I do during school terms is very like there's a lot of case analyses. There's a lot of business <laughs> things. Uh, but I like that's part of the reason that I'm doing an arts minor, because even when I take courses that are in the arts, I'm like the papers that I'm writing for those courses, it feels like a break from doing business. So I'm like that it, it's almost like a relief to be like, oh, I have different work to do now. Yeah. yeah. I think it's also like I've always like valued breadth, I guess. Like for some people, they go really all in into like one thing. But I don't know. I really like doing a little bit of everything. Like the podcast was kind of like a nice break. And like that gave me breadth in life. <laughs> okay. I'm really happy to hear that, Kendra, because I like till this day, I feel like I'm burdening you with how much content you have to edit because I after editing that single episode I have a lot more empathy and insight into how complicated the editing process can be but I'm glad that it can well I'm hope hoping that it was a little therapeutic for you because I know for me when I used to do layout design for the school newspaper and you've at UBC like it was an extracurricular and it was work but like I found it therapeutic in a way from apart from my classes and using extracurriculars as a break also reminds me of how I balance the podcast with my very first course um, after my concussion I think I've mentioned it a few times that I intended to take a gap year from September to this April but I ended up being encouraged to take at least one course starting January and I remember warning you too that well both of you already know that I go all in when it comes to schoolwork and I wasn't going to be surprised if I like neglected all of my other responsibilities in life to just focus on this one course especially since the course that I took meant a lot to me since it's a prerequisite for grad school and I'm glad that I didn't go cold turkey in um aborting our plan to release our season one starting in January because I do agree that it was really nice to not have to study anatomy all the time and to still gain some stimulation from being productive by using podcasting as a break for it from studying yeah I think I was gonna bring that up if you didn't I was like if you didn't know Chelsea has the craziest work ethic especially like with anything but especially with school like out of anyone I've, I've ever met <laughs> and it was funny because when we became really close in high school I felt like you were benefiting me by helping me like work harder but I was doing the opposite to you 
I like I, I... <laughs> no, but that's good because I feel like my work ethic is too much to the point that uh-huh. it becomes unhealthy. So I'm glad that I was locked into this hosting position and that I mean, technically I could always anyone could quit whenever they want to. They mm-hmm. always have the liberty to and I I know I I made that clear from the start of this project, but I'm glad I'm surrounded by people like you two who remind me that school isn't the only thing in life and that there's so much more to it. The next topic that I wanted to bring up um, was our, (laughs) what's the word I'm looking for? uh, um, Our tendency to go on tangents literally all the time if we don't control ourselves. Um, Even just recording this episode alone, I think we probably went on a tangent every like five minutes. (laughs) And we always have to steer ourselves back on track, mostly referring to our meetings. But even when we're like on air, so to speak, and recording, and we know we should just talk about a certain topic, we always get sidetracked and talk about a million other things. Yeah, even with our guests, like a lot of the time, we have like a two hour recording and it always cuts down to like around an hour, which mm-hmm. means there's just like an hour of <laughs> tangents or like technical difficulties tangents. sometimes, but mostly tangents. <laughs> well, that's also, I think, to do with yeah. like the fact that a lot of our guests are friends of ours. So it's easy to like have a really organic conversation that does go all over the place. Whereas like for our Q&A format episodes with professionals, it's less likely to go on a tangent because uh, it's not as like colloquial when we talk or like comfortable, I guess. And I guess a strategy that helped us stay on track during our weekly meetings was, okay, we never like originally planned this, but I, oh, I always knew that like the first 15 minutes of our weekly meetings was just a time for all of us to catch up so that we didn't have to catch up throughout the meeting. So if, that's something someone else wants to implement in a team project by all means because yes um meetings are supposed to be productive but they're also supposed to be fun so that everyone is motivated to stay that's also why a meeting agenda is so important because when we did go on tangents one of us would remember like oh we're supposed to be in a meeting right now (laughs) and then look at the meeting agenda and be like wait have we like crossed everything off that we need to do if not let's finish that first and then we can continue this conversation exactly I also just like meeting agendas for other reasons, but that's one of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Although sometimes our the like the fifty minutes of catch up goes into like forty minutes of catch up. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes when we have a lot going on, <laughs> yeah. all like there's that one time I texted, I was like, I feel like we're gonna talk a lot before we actually get to the meeting today. So why don't we start a little early if that's possible? <laughs> so we can just talk. But I think we're also good at communicating when like when we need to get Mm -hmm. the meeting done and over with like around final seasons or midterm seasons. So it's good in the sense that we're wary of each other's other commitments and that when we say that we have to adjourn the meeting, we have to adjourn the meeting. Ken mentioned technical difficulties being like, you kind of lumped it in with um, going on tangents, which I think we could talk about technical difficulties (laughs) by itself for so long, even just today we listed the software that we use that we use for everything before, um, but we haven't really ran into that that much trouble. I mean, there's no point knocking on wood now, but <laughs> <laughs> up until recently. But I think it's just—I honestly think it's my Wi-Fi that causes a lot of trouble. And sometimes Chelsea's Wi-Fi, Kendra has amazing Wi-Fi, <laughs> <laughs> um, which is one of the things of working remotely, like. 
a lot of people don't have really good Wi-Fi or they don't have like all the equipment they need to do what they need to do. So like, luckily we have been able to sort it out most of the time, but, and also we also can here <laughs> to help us figure out te- technical difficulties whenever they happen. <laughs> yeah. A lot of it's just guessing if I'm being honest. And Googling. <laughs> so, a lot of Googling. Yeah. I think the, the longest technical difficulty kerfuffle that we had was with Jesse's episode. Okay, I do not remember any of the technical activity <laughs> activities. I do not remember any of the technical difficulties, but I do remember me starting the podcast off with a disclaimer saying that we ran into yeah. an hour of technical difficulties. Can you remind me? Yeah, it was like something like that. That was Jesse's episode. We had an hour of technical difficulties. I think it was just because of somebody's Wi-Fi. Probably mine. I didn't have Ethernet at the time. Oops. And then with Lauren's episode, there was like a delay mm, yeah, in, in Chelsea and in Lauren's audio. So editing, that was interesting too. Because there were just like long pauses. As you can see... Madison, Kendra, and I have all faced many, many setbacks in the production of Setback Stories. So clearly, Setback Stories would not be it without setbacks in itself, but that's okay because the whole point of this podcast is to embrace what has set us back so that we can continue moving forward. So as I mentioned, one of the goals of today's episode is to help people start their very own podcast because as we mentioned Starting a podcast is not easy. It definitely comes with many setbacks in itself, but hopefully you can learn from ours so you can make your podcast better. But of course, we couldn't have done this podcast without the help of other resources, one of which is our friends who have their very own podcast. That is Lauren Lee, who is the host and producer of It's All Good. If you haven't checked it out already, please, please do. It's literally, it has literally been the inspo since day one, and I can't thank Lauren enough. So there's a lot of resources out there if you don't have friends or like friends of friends or people who you're comfortable talking to. Maybe you want to do your research on your own first and like, yeah, like have a little bit of knowledge on your own before you go out and talk to people. So there's a lot of podcasts about podcasts. And I think we literally just looked up like podcast episodes about how to start a podcast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and those are out there. Um, and then there's also, oh yeah, so my go to at the beginning was just taking inspiration from podcasts that I um, listen to. So I'm not going to name them because <laughs> uh, everybody has different favorite podcasts, but literally just find for me, it was looking at their Instagrams um, just because that was what I was the most excited about was like creating or curating our Instagram feed. And that's a lot harder than you would think to make it look nice and like have a posting schedule, but yeah, taking inspiration from your favorite podcasters, even if you think that they're like super professional and like maybe the host is like kind of famous and so you can't do the same thing. That's like not true at all because I don't know. It's just, you can basically, you can do it. Like podcasting is accessible to anyone if you have a laptop and some headphones. <laughs> I think the big thing too is you don't have to like feel prepared or like feel like you're a hundred percent prepared uh-huh. before you put anything out. Like with us, I know well okay we went to like started posting in like October and then that got pushed to like November Mm -hmm. and then December and then finally in January we already had some like episodes under our belt Mm -hmm. we were like well it's like the new year we should just get it over with and like post and like Mm -hmm. start putting content out there because otherwise we're we're just gonna like keep dragging our feet 
So like, yeah, just another big thing is you don't have to feel like you're hundred percent ready, but like once you start posting content, once you start actually like doing the work, you'll be able to figure something out. Fake it till you make yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. To go off of Kendra, you don't have to be great to start something. Sometimes you just got to do it. Yeah. And you don't really have to be great at all to start something or to continue something. If you're doing something for a hobby or, you know, because you have some free time, you want to pick up a new skill. It's not important to be great at it. Well, first of all, you're still learning, but also it's just to have fun, to do something with friends. So before we wrap up, I kind of want to try something that my psychology professor in second year taught taught the class on how to increase their happiness in which you write a letter of gratitude and you recite that letter of gratitude to the recipient. So Kendra, I know you're going to feel awkward, but I need to express my gratitude and love for you both somehow. And today is the day and I have written it down. So sorry if I sound scripted because I am. So I hope I don't sound like a broken record player, but I want to thank you both Madison and Kendra from the bottom of my heart for helping me bring this podcast to life. This project means a lot to me because we started it shortly after my concussion, a time in my life where I had felt so isolated and disempowered in what I could accomplish due to my screen intolerance. So I really do want to thank you both for serving as my eyes and reminding me that despite my injury, I'm still able to go after a goal with the help of people, you two, who are willing to lower barriers for me. Madison, thank you for literally assembling this team, pushing me out of my comfort zone, including making me promote this podcast on my personal Insta (laughs) and being the ultimate spreadsheet and Google Calendar queen. Kendra, thank you for blessing us with your creative talent trying to teach us your technical skills with the many tutorials you've made, editing into the wee hours of the morning and splicing out all my annoying word fillers and minimal encouragers. Every meeting, I'm reminded of how lucky I am to have you two as my friends and teammates, and I can't wait to see where we go next, both podcasting and beyond. Hello, technical producer Kendra here. So there's no takeaways today, but stick around to the end to hear a bunch of bloopers from this episode. Enjoy! Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Setback Stories. We're always looking for new topics and guests to bring on the show, and we'd love to hear from you. Feel free to DM us on Instagram at setbackstories or email us at setbackstories at gmail.com. Finally, we're seeking ways to grow and improve our podcasting game. If you can, please leave us a review And of course, don't forget to subscribe so that you will never miss a bi-weekly episode from yours truly. I'd also like to give credits to my team, co-producer and co-writer Madison Wong, and technical producer and editor Kendra Tam. There's so much work that happens behind the scenes, and I can't thank you two enough. Till next time! Hello, hello! Go! You ruined it! (laughs) Oh my god, we're going! <laughs> Madison and Ken. <laughs> get started like that! I think the listeners will appreciate it. Yeah, that was kind of our Potter. Potter. Pot, pot yeah, yeah. Did Madison die? Oh. <laughs> oh, oh, what happened? Oh, what is happening? Oh, Madison did I die. I see her waveform. Oh no, she didn't die. Madison died. Oh, 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 she's back. Oh no, did we lose her oh, audio? No, I don't okay. think so.
I can see your mouth moving, Madison, but I can't hear you. I can't see her at all. Wait, I can I see. Her. I was muted. <laughs> oh. Wait, Chelsea, can you see Madison? Chelsea no. doesn't exist for me. You can't see or hear Madison. No. Oh, oh, oh! We're back to the thing where I can see and hear both of you. <laughs> you <can't. laughs> oh my gosh, we drink Zencaster. What's the next? Oh, and then we go into our first drink. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not incompetent. You said that in one I'm episode. Like, I... Oh, is she gone? Oh, Madison's. Oh, 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 oh this oh, thing no. is happening again. Can she? Can you hear her? No, she's frozen. Can I pee? Can I take my okay, wellness yeah, you break? Can pee. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay, okay. We'll, we'll take a wellness break. Um, what else do I hate about myself? I mean, what else? <laughs> <laughs> that's just. That's the question here. <laughs> And the reason behind it is because well, they just represent you thinking. Yeah, loud, I think growing speaking, up in school, they always. I guess that's a good frozen? thing because I don't Fuck. know what else I, I. I would be very Uh-oh. scared <laughs> as to what I would say. So thank you. No problem. That's the weakest network ever. We went through this and. In our recording, you can't compliment me. I don't know how to respond to that. Oh, <laughs> That's a whole other episode. Man. Why are we uncomfortable with compliments? <laughs> no, seriously, because like I, I'm, I, I really suck at watching movies and TVs because I get really distracted. So upsetting to me. That is also very <laughs> upsetting to me. <laughs> it is what it is. It's okay. We love each other despite our flaws. <laughs> Your flaws that you don't watch TV and movies. <laughs> If that's your biggest flaw, I think, like, <laughs> I think you're set for life. Then, yeah. Okay, wait, how do we get back on track? What are we doing? <laughs> this is like a whole other episode now. <laughs> Can we save the part we, that we cut out <laughs> and then make, just make just, it another? Do you know what like just happened? Bonus? We just went on a tangent. About a tangent? After <laughs> we just talked about us going on tangents. Yeah. <laughs> Also, okay, I, I think it might be a little weird that you're talking to Lauren. Yeah. <laughs> this, sounds like, this sounds like an accepted speech. You're like, Mom. <laughs> Thank you so much. So, yes, as I mentioned, one of the goals of today's episode. Kids, I'm laughing. Someone made me laugh. I'm sorry. I was laughing. That was on me. Do you want me to do it? Are you okay? <laughs> No, I can do it. I can do hard things. Okay, okay. Okay. That's going to be the blooper. I can do hard things. (laughs) Oh my gosh, I literally put that on my letter board today. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, as long as you like what you're doing. Wait, I could hear Ken coloring. (laughs) Or or (laughs) sketching. Is that going (laughs) to... How loud was my coloring? I don't... Loud. You can even see it in the waveform. Look, that little 